Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Friday, February 11th, 2022. It is just before 3.30 UTC. I'm Sam Minter. Yvonne Bo is with us again. Hello, Yvonne. Mute button. Mute button. Hit the mute button. Hello! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> there you go. Hello, Yvonne. Um, so Fuck anyway, we are here again. Christ is stupid. I, I neglected to uh, remind Yvonne this time. Last time I reminded him and then he, un- and then he remembered. He went, he, yeah, then he, he went and I unmuted myself and then he muted me back by accident. Yes, exactly. So we're so good at this. Anyway, we're going to do the show great. the same way. We're going to do the show the same way we did last week, which we will do our butt first, and then we will do two rounds where in each of the rounds, both Yvonne and I get to pick one topic and whatever it may be uh, within the world of whatever, you know, we've got, we've got some political topics. We've got some other news topics. We've got some economic topics. We got blah, 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 all, all this kind of stuff. And uh, we just didn't feel like actually picking before we started the show. So we'll pick during the show. But first, yes. do you want to start a but first, Yvonne, or shall I? You know, I uh, was uh, trying to plan a vacation. Um, and so one of the things that happened was that, uh, I had a cousin that was, well, I had the son of a cousin that was getting married. Um, but they got into a fight and the wedding was called off. Okay. Uh, and, And this is after there was already an engagement party and save the dates had been sent. Now, for whatever reason... Because I actually would for whatever reason, because for some reason, my family, this kind of shit happens and they keep forgetting to tell me. So <laughs> nobody had told me okay. that, um, because I had to save the date and I booked a hotel and the damn hotel was a pain in my ass. And they actually charged me a, uh, a deposit on my credit card, which was confusing because I was actually checking into a Hilton. It was a Hilton, Puerto Rico, and I was checking into another Hilton and I got confused when they charged me again at the Hilton. I got to, and I said, wait, didn't you just charge me? And then I looked at the charge and no, and I'm like, Oh no, this is for the hotel stay in April. Never mind. Okay. All right. So, so that same day I got charged by two hotels, like $600 on the same day. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh, whatever, fine. I'm like, I haven't even stayed one night yet. They already charged me $1,200. I haven't even slept at the hotel. But anyway, so I have the deposit tied up, and uh, but I hadn't booked the air, a, a airline tickets yet, okay? Um, okay. I, I just, I always wait until later for the airline. Where was this So going? anyway, April. No, Plenty where? Where? Uh, in Puerto Rico, okay? Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the air, because the thing is the hotel's usually more complicated than the airfare. It's like everybody's staying at a hotel for the wedding. And so that space is tighter flights, whatever people are coming from different places. So anyway, so that's why I grabbed the hotel. So anyway, um, so like last week I'm going to, uh, book, uh, I, I, I was remembering, Hey, you know, it's getting close to the date. I got to book the flights. 
So I decide to ask my family, hey, what are you guys flying down? For what? They say, for the wedding. Oh, you didn't hear? No. The wedding was called off. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. And oh, the couple got into a fight and they broke up. And I'm like, was anybody going to tell me this? Oh, your brother was supposed to tell you, so you can't. I'm like, I'm like, look, I I was coming very close to having bought airline tickets. Right. Okay. And, you know, the damn freaking hotel. And I'm like, you know, for a wedding that wasn't to be. So I, I, I guess I, I'm sure that I would have found out well but before that I wouldn't have wound up flying down there and going like, hey, where the hell is everybody? You know, uh, I, I, but but uh, <laughs> well, so I didn't get that far, thank God. But I was like, you know, how long have you guys known about this? Oh, it's been a few weeks, a few weeks. You know, were they? I mean, now here's the thing, and I don't understand the etiquette of these things. Okay, right? Because look, these people mail. You know, these were formal. Save the date notices, okay? Right. You know, now what happened is that I heard is that if you had booked the hotel through the link that they had provided for booking the hotel, uh, they had a room block, you know, at the hotel reserve, then th- th- those were all automatically canceled and people got their money back. Okay. Like automatically. What happened? But you you yeah, done it, it independently. Well, it's not because I wanted to. It's that I I I got the I found out about the wedding after the other people are. I was busy. Whatever. I went a couple of days afterwards. The room block apparently wasn't that big, and when I tried to use the link, it said it sold out. So I had to go through the website directly at the hotel to book it, and I wound up even having to pay a higher rate because I couldn't mm-hmm. book it with the with the block of people. Okay. And so, so they, they canceled all the people for the block, but since I guess they didn't know that I was going to the hotel for the wedding, I, you know, I didn't get, uh, I didn't get that. Um, so, so then I, I, I started like trying to, one of the things I was annoyed about this wedding is that this was turning into, I hate these damn destination weddings. Okay. They're all expensive. By, okay. by the way, my my sister, yeah, just got back from doing one of these in Cancun. Oh God, yeah, not and, her and, own and, wedding. And, She's visiting you know, yeah, somebody yeah, else's visit, wedding. Yeah, somebody else's destination wedding. Listen about about two years ago specifically. There's this one family that had you know cousins of mine that had their two kids married, both at destination weddings, both a couple of months apart, and you know, and I was like, look, I went to one, I didn't go to. Uh, oh no, there wound up being, what am I saying? There were three destination weddings. Nice. Right. I wound up going to one and they were all like about four months apart. And I, you know, if I went to all three, the final cost of the whole thing was like 13, $14,000. And I just was like, I'm not fucking spending. Uh, you know, I have a vacation budget during the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically that just would have wiped it out, you know, to go to these damn weddings. And I'm like, no, I, I don't care. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to overspend on that ridiculously, just not to piss off some family members of mine, because right. for whatever the hell reason, you know, they could like, you know, figure out that they were inviting all the same damn family to the three damn weddings. You know, did you think you guys could have like a little bit more thoughtful that you're making all these people having to travel uh, to these 
I mean, I'm like, you know, so, so anyway, well, bottom line is that this one was a part, I mean, you know, whatever, they canceled it, okay, so I'm not that, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy that I got money back in my budget. I had been thinking about what the hell to do for spring break, and I was now, wait, like, wait, be, like, be, before you get into spring break, should, like, oh. we, we, we feel sad for this couple or something, like, they broke up, and, you know, or, yeah, or is this good? Be avoided- I mean, I mean, what? I mean, it's not like they were just pregnant. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they're in their 20s. I mean, they're both from extremely, extremely wealthy families. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, be fine. private jet kind of money, wealthy families. Okay. Mega yacht vacation kind of wealthy families. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling sorry for these people? I mean, seriously. Yeah. They've probably both moved on nicely by now. Yes, exactly. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know, gosh. I mean, look, come on. Who cares? Whatever. You know, they're and, fine. And, okay, and I'm, frankly, I'm not and feeling, frankly, you know, better, you know, it would have been better to break up even before the engagement. But like, if you're going to break up, better to do it before the wedding than after. Correct. I mean, you know, hell. And I, and let, let me tell you something. Their engagement party costs more than most people's weddings. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they already did that part. Okay. Look, they, hey. It happened before the wedding. I think that, you know, look, if you discover it, that this is the wrong call before the wedding, I think it's a good call. There you go. Okay. okay. You got, you got, so just anyway, a few, you got uh, a few so minutes gonna, left. Spring break. A few minutes left. So anyway, so, um, <laughs> so, so I, I go and I'm like, well, okay. So this, this flexible, you know, makes our budget more flexible right now because I, I'm not going to have $5,000 tied up into this damn trip. Okay. All right. Okay. I was yeah. like, ah, you know, good. Okay. Perfect. All right. So I started looking at other places to go for uh spring break. Um, and I, I just, look, I started going, okay, let's go to, uh, to a beach resort. Okay. And I was going to say, given put, last week's conversation, like Northern Minnesota would be good. Yeah, well, let me tell you something about beach resorts. I I, I kept looking at hotel rates yeah. on the beach. I, I'm just, look, $1,200, $1,500 sold out. I'm just like, what, what, what? I mean, these are hotels that I had looked at before, that I maybe some that I've stayed before, where I've paid maybe four or 500 bucks a night. And the rates were like triple. And I'm talking within the last couple of years, not like 10 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I mean, I was, come on, a a week at a hotel and it's going to cost what, 10 grand. And and I'm like, I'm like, you know, no, I I can't, no, I I can't stomach this. I I can't do this. Like right now, it just seems maybe, you know, if it'd been a hotel that, prior to this was worth that much maybe okay but i i i'm, I'm still having trouble stomaching uh 150% price increases on shit that i that's what i paid 2 years ago okay so what what's yeah, up with you the get price what I'm increases saying? well look I, I, the 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 destination hotels in a lot of places are still struggling to be fully staffed. Not all of them are open, but there's also, there's a crunch of people that are just traveling to these kind of hotels that had put it off before. Mm, okay. Yeah. Cause in my mind, I'd be like, 
I'd be thinking these places would still be struggling for business and looking at cheap prices no, to get people no, in. Now everybody's look, done it traveling now. No, they're they're sold out, Sam, in crazy ways. I mean, almost every hotel that I looked at, uh, resort uh, in Florida. I mean, the rates for March are out of control. I, I mean, just out of control. It's just crazy. You, I, 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 the most expensive rates that I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, so I'm like, look, well, we live near the beach, the beach is out. And then for whatever reason, my wife started going all over the place or where she wanted to go on vacation. Okay. Let's go to Costa Rica. Let's go to this. Let's go. I don't know. She went through like about a dozen different places. Somehow. I don't understand how. Okay. I would mention, let's go to California. Let's go this. She didn't want to go to California. She didn't want to go to... I'm like, okay, so let's... Look, I don't know how on God's green earth this is where we're going, but it's where I booked a hotel. This is where we're going. I don't... I I don't... Yeah. Where are you going? Boston. In March. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I mean... I guess Juana has only visited. I mean, uh, j- just to be clear, I love, time. I, I've 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 been in Boston a few times. I like the like the town. It's been many years since I've been there, but it's 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 a it's a it's a nice place to be. I, I like Massachusetts in general. I like Western Boston Massachusetts nice. better than Boston. I, I, but you know, I, I, you know I, I found a nice hotel. I will say that the, the hotel was far more reasonably priced than the other ones. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. it was within the budget that I had set. Okay, I mean, I listen, I. I went and I tossed out a budget. I told my wife wanted to go find a beach hotel. I set a budget and I went high. I thought I went high. Find a hotel, 700 bucks a night. That's the maximum. 700. We couldn't find a hotel for $700 a night, Sam. I mean, we couldn't find a hotel for $700 a night. Now, now, Yvonne, just to be clear, I'm sure you could have found a Motel 6 or something. On the no no no, I put a hotel on the beach. We wanted a, a hotel that was on the beach. I understand. There's no just, hotel. I, I, on, there, are, there are no motel sixes on the beach. I, okay? I understand. So you are wanting you are wanting a certain degree of location and quality and blah blah it's blah. Just a beachfront hotel. Look, there. Are, listen, there are beachfront hotels that aren't like say the Four Seasons or whatever. Look, we stayed at one like a while back that was like whatever. It was like uh. It was one of these Keys hotels. It wasn't nothing special, okay? But it was nice, you know, and clean and whatever. It wasn't the Ritz-Carlton of Four Seasons. But right now, that hotel was over $1,000 a night as well. And that was a hotel that, before the pandemic, was typically two to $250 a night. Okay. So, I so can't things are like 4X. Like yes. Like four, four times crazy. the prices. Yeah. It's just insane. And so I, I, you know, it's just, I couldn't, I tried. Now the dates, obviously the crunch with so many people not having traveled. And then I guess they all want to get the fuck out during spring break, which then brings the tighter crunch. And then this other thing pissed me off. So the airline tickets, Uh huh. I'd love to go to LA, for example. Okay. To the West coast. I found airline tickets at 300 bucks a pop. Okay. Which actually got me into uh, premium economy because they're flying like right now all these like international planes that can't go to as many places before they want they need to keep them in the air 
and to, to need the cruise current and stuff or whatever. So they basically got him flying back and forth between Miami and LA and places like that. Okay. And so I get on a 787, okay, premium economy, which is basically like, you know, first class, whatever, go across the country for 300 bucks a head. Okay. All right. I'm like, perfect. This is fine. Well, okay. Well, we changed our mind. We're not going to go to California. We want to go to Boston. To go to Boston, okay, on a small plane, okay, 600, <laughs> almost $700 a person. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? So mm-hmm. I guess all those people, I don't think like the people from California, like in spring break, are like, ah, eh, they're not going to come down here. They'll go to Cabo or Mexico or whatever for, for spring break. Okay. So that's what it seems like. But I guess all the Boston people want to come down here. Yeah. So anyway, so that was like uh, irritating. And then, but this was the the worst thing. So I had earned these uh, travel certificates, okay, that I haven't used, okay, that I've, I've got a whole bunch of these. Uh, that is like buy one ticket and get a couple of companion tickets for $99. Well, uh-huh. you know what? Blackout dates is those specific dates that I want to travel on spring break. Nice. Okay. So I'm like, fuck, I can't use those either. So I have now I haven't purchased the airline tickets yet. I looked at that. I was just so annoyed. I'm like, I cannot believe this. I'm looking at the certificate. Then I'm looking at the dates and I'm like, oh, it's restricted specifically between March 13th and March 15th. Oh, perfect. Sweet. I was right. like, just, I, just, I, you know, thing. So anyway. Anyway. So mm-hmm. let's just say that, uh, uh, uh it, I, I, I found it. I, it was very, very time consuming and exhausting to try to plan a trip. I already made a list of places to visit in Boston as well to, to take Manu and stuff. I, f- I found a nice hotel, uh, you know, uh, looks like it should be nice. And, uh, okay. I know. We'll just go tourist. I mean, I, I've been to, I mean, I, Manu hasn't been to Boston. Juana's only been once, but she didn't really get to do any of the sites. So okay. she wanted to go see it. My turn. Yes. My turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, so th- since this is a bit first and I haven't done one. Well, I was going to say I hadn't done one for a while, but you asked me about Star Trek out of order. But I, I am going to do a book I read. I guess I, I, it's yeah. been a while since I've done a book. Um, so this is a book I finished in August. So still a bit behind like talking about these on the show. Um, but I, I read a novel, um, that I believe I'd gotten like out of a list of, it it was a series from a list of authors my dad liked or something like that. I, I think is where it came from. Um, but the novel is quarry from 1976, uh, brand new. Which is, what? Brand new. 1976. Not, not brand, brand new then? Not quite brand new. From a guy named Max Allen Collins. Okay. Now it is part of a series of books. And the most recent book in the series was published in 2021. So wow. it's continues i am looking at the list this guy has uh, really been stretching his series one Holy two three smokes. four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve three five there's 16 books in the series now um is it the same author for all 16 it does look like 
It does look that way. Yes. Uh, okay. um, I don't see any co-authors listed or anything like that. But you know how uh, sometimes I've seen like there have yeah, been yeah. series where I've seen like one of the, the original author died and then somebody picks it up or something. Yeah. No, they certainly do that or where somebody starts ghostwriting it or whether it's right. or it's the guy and somebody else. And so right, the original right, right. guy is just, oh, here's an outline. You go fill it out. You know whatever right um but anyway i i i read the original it is uh, called quarry 1976 um and it is the basic thing of i guess this entire series but the f- the first book sort of kicks it off it's about a former u.s marine sniper uh from the vietnam war you can guess from the 1976 mm-hmm. time frame yeah um who after leaving vietnam and coming back to the u.s um, I, I guess it's one of these things where it, it, it's, he has trouble reintegrating into society, blah, 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 blah. I was anyway, say, what is, it sounds like Rambo. Well, the, the way this particular guy, uh, deals with his reentry into society is to become a professional assassin. Okay. Close enough. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I'm, in, I, I'm starting to read this and I, I, I don't really know like the whole premise and the plot and the blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in, in the first few fa- pages of the book, he like, you know, kills some random guy in an airport bathroom. Right. I guess it wasn't a random guy. It was whoever he was assigned as a target. Right. But you know, like this whole book, I'm like looking for, okay, where do I find out that like this character actually has some sort of, you know, noble purpose like he's an assassin but he's killing the bad guys or something and no no nothing like that ever comes up you know this is this is yeah he's doing it for the money he's doing it because like you know he's messed up after the war you know all of this kind of stuff um and he he, throughout the the book he you know they're they're his his actions let's just say are morally questionable from beginning to end um and you know i think we've talked about this in terms of 1970s movies as well in terms of sort of these anti-heroes or you're looking at sort of the dark side of humanity and like these people you know really are not great people you know like and it, and how how it's not really a, a genre that i find myself really attracted to um you know, and, and cause you know, the whole time I'm like, you know, on the one hand, of course they sucker you into like having some sympathy for the guy. Right. Because, you know, he's, he's doing this thing and the person who hired him is trying to like double cross him and he's in danger and his partner, you know, something happens to his partner and all this kind of stuff. I'm not spoiling much here. I'm being very vague. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and it just, like I, I read it, it was okay. It didn't like, but I, you know, in the end, I'm going to give it a thumbs down, I think, because it's just, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. I, I know. And it may, may be fine for others. Like, I don't know. Uh, apparently it's a fairly popular series. He's written a bunch of these. There was a Cinemax series based on this. Series. Um, okay. There was a TD, TV adaptation. Um, in it didn't last very long it went from 2016 to 2017 on cinemax called quarry um i i have not seen the adaptation obviously i only read the book um but uh but yeah it's um 
you know, again, it's it's like one of these things where um, I think it's just that I'm just not a good mesh for the genre. Um, I, I don't do well at these ca- these cases where they're like trying to get you to like sympathize and get into the mind of someone who's obviously broken and ethically challenged. Um, you know, it, it's just not well, fun. For I mean, me, just you know? just for a fu- just for a book to be, you know, there there could be books about characters that are bad. You don't yeah. necessarily have to empathize with a can. No, I know, with, I know, with the, I know. With, with, with them. Uh, now, now, I mean, having said it, this, I will probably still pick up the second book eventually. I don't know, maybe not, but it's on my list to pick up the second book at some point. But. Um, yeah, it's it's not. I understand how some people can like this. I I just I personally like reading this kind of book where I really don't feel in the end like what, I. What, what do you think is had, it just the writing is not very good? The story is no, not no. Very I don't good, think it, no. I don't think it's that at all. I I think it. it I mean, look, this is this is. Yo, they try oh, to make the guy sympathetic, and you just yeah, can't buy into it. No, no it, well, first, first of all, in terms of writing, I mean, this is sort of your pulp kind of writing that you know is meant to be, you know, throwaway summer reading kind of stuff. Uh, it's not like it has no pretensions at literature. Or okay, anything so like that. okay, so, but, so the but, writing isn't that. But it, you know. but it's not the right. The writing is fine. You want to turn the page. You want to find out what happens next. It's just I think I personally don't like have a I, I I don't mesh with this kind of fiction, whether it be television, movies, or apparently books either. It's just it, it just doesn't work for me. I don't get excited about it. I feel like it's you know, I, I like the things where I can feel like, you know, I I, I I can empathize and like the character and you know there's a happy ending or at least a you know not a you know all, all the people die kind of an, and it's not all the people die none of, yeah there are some people die obviously there's an assassin in here but well if you, all it, the people die then basically there's nobody the series would be them. over right yeah, yeah exactly right. no but um you know I, I I don't think it's inherently bad. I think it's just like not my kind of thing. Mm. You know? I mean, I, I I will say that there's just certain types of books and stuff or whatever. I just don't know. Oh, I, I, I mean, everybody's got their style. Look, for whatever reason, my wife likes all these like vampire stories. And like the vampire romances? Yeah. Yeah, my, my, hey, my I, wife, I too, she likes those. She likes the ones with werewolves and stuff, too. Like, su- supernatural I, I, I romance. Was, I cannot, I cannot even be bothered to really spend, like, <laughs> one minute with this <laughs> garbage. I, I, I just, I consider it just pure, just unadulterated garbage. And I know a lot of people like it, but to me, it's just, well, and, I and mean, th- it's, it's, And this is torture. what I'm talking about. Like, it's not necessarily, like, yeah, it, it's. It's not for me. It's, that yeah, doesn't it's, mean it's, it's not it for them. Right. It just doesn't. My interest is just not in the least piqued by this stuff. And, and you're just like reading it and you, you, you went through it and you're like, okay, I don't really like this. Yeah. I mean, I can't like say it was horrible. Um, I mean, I gave it a thumbs down, not a thumb sideways, but I, I can't 
say it's objectively horrible, but I can say it's not the kind of thing I enjoy. Well, let me give you an example, like stuff and like, it's a, you know, I I will say that, for example, I was looking at a book that I read that I have on my shelf from somebody that's popular from, I read Arthur C. Clarke's 3001. Okay. For example. Okay. I, I, I read this a long time ago, but I recall that I finished reading it and I was just like, so underwhelmed by how just it just so j- just to be clear you this is one of the sequels to 2001 you didn't read yes the, yeah and and yeah. like there are a number of sequels i've only read yes. 2001 and 2010 i think so i i don't i don't think i've read the one but i think w- the series you're talking about is one of the series that suffers from the things that we were talking about before where right. as you go further and further in the series the quality declines and oh, they're, yeah. ju- they're, they're just, just capitalizing was, on the series Right. And it was just poorly written. And I'm just looking at this thing and I'm just like, oh, God, this thing is just I finished it and I finished it. And I'm like, well, never touching one of these ever again. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I, I, I think and for what I, and, and, you know, I and I like business books, for example. I, I mean, if you look at my bookshelf, there's so many damn business books and um. You know, there are some that are really well written and some that are just horrible. Um, you know, I, I remember reading this one about uh, there was a one written about the people who developed a Sony PlayStation at, at, uh, at Sony. OK, so, duh, Sony PlayStation. Um, and that book just was such a poorly written book. It, it just it just was not good. And but then there was a book that I read from. Uh, uh, from a long time ago, uh, like about 30 years ago about Apple and it's called Apple. Okay. That's the title of the book. Okay. Yeah. And it's by a guy called, and hang on, let me look at the Jim Carlton. Okay. Um, Jim Carlton, and th- J- Jim Carlton. And that's a book about Apple. What happened like, you know, in the, in the interim years before Steve jobs came back, this book is an old book. Okay. And I talked about the failures that happened. And why Apple almost went bankrupt, okay? And that was a vi- that is a very well written book, and it had some great stories about about some of the biggest blunders. Uh, and that's a book that I really liked very much, you know, because it talked about certain things about the technology industry and mistakes and things and whatnot. And you know, it, it, look, the one fantastic anecdote in that book. Okay, which is it's, mm-hmm. well, it's more than an anecdote. It's a story about the biggest uh, uh, mistake that that uh, that Apple did was uh, in around 1990 when they had put together an entire crew of people, and that they had completely recompiled or reconstructed the Apple OS to run on Intel hardware, on any mm-hmm. Intel hardware, and this was before even like Windows 3.1 was something. Right, and they were able to build it and show. And this was a Andy Grove was behind it. They wanted to have something that competed against Microsoft's OS, and they were able to build this whole thing. And the one thing that there was a video I remember at the end that they were able to show a video on it of uh, the space shuttle lifting off. Okay, and that was okay. like the final demo. And they had the demo OS at that time when Apple already had ten percent market share, where there were no. You know, Microsoft had nothing even remotely close. They were not even close to launching Windows 95. And they could have just put this on every damn Wintel machine. 
out there. Okay. And they pulled the plug. Yep. And, and, and you look at that and you're like, you think about the technology industry, how different it would have been. Now, in the end, Apple still came out years later and crushed everybody. But but at that moment, while the technology, how the technology industry. There was more than a little really bit of time in the wilderness before they crushed everybody. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's like crazy, you know, that that was that advanced and that was that well backed. Uh, and that the day basically just fumbled it. It just, they made this decision. Well, we're a hardware company. We want to just sell hardware. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's it. And they killed it. So anyway, 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 thumbs down on quarry for me, but if you like that kind of thing, you might like it. So, yes. You know, okay. And you uh, might let, like that stupid three thousand one book, which I think, but I'll give my. Did you review. start in the middle, or did you read the beginning of the series first? I believe that I read the series. Okay, I do have there on the shelf three thousand one. Because like, um, if yes. you started oh, in the yeah, middle no, yes, of the yes, series, yes. I no 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 no. I read. I have. I believe two thousand tens around there. Do that. Yes, yes. I did read the series, and I got okay. to that one, and it's just. 3001 stood out as just pure garbage. Yeah, I forget how many there are and what. Uh, I, I, it's one of those ones where I, in, in theory, uh, would like to at some point read the entire series, but I never will. Um, I, I think well, I've read I, 2001. You're not going to miss out on anything at this point. Yeah, okay. Okay, let's take a break, and then we will start alternating our picks for a little bit more serious topics. Back after this there you go that 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 again is uh one of bob's favorite breaks he loves the ones where i just warble um so I, I will put this out there again for, for everybody. Hey, if, if you would like to have your breaks on Curmudgeon's Corner, uh, get in touch with us. I, I think there's a certain Patreon level where that'll be your reward. But completely aside from that, if you're interested in having breaks on Curmudgeon's Corner, uh, hit us up. Feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. We will happily swap out some of the name of that is Hala Hala Puya Koo. Um, th that I recorded in 2006. Uh, so we'll happily swap that out. Anyway. No! No! No. Anyway, Yvonne, your pick first. Where would you like to start? Unmute yourself. <laughs> Mute button. Mute button. There you are. Uh, all right, so let's talk about uh, inflation. Okay, inflation. Yes, uh, highest in so, forty years again. Right? That, no, it, it wasn't the highest in forty years last month too, but we've beat it, uh, and it's even higher. Yeah, I mean it, it's at seven and a half percent, which is higher than it's been historically. Um, I, I, you know, and the Fed announced that they were going to raise rates quite aggressively uh, based on the read, but. 
I, I still a number of people were like surprised by the number and blah, blah, blah. And I sometimes I go and I'm like, really? I mean, which part of it was surprising? I don't get it. I, it's, you know, it's one of these things that I, I, I'm just not. Because it's continuing the trend we saw already. Yeah. And, and, and one of these things about all, all, all it, the situation with inflation, it's that they all, all are l- lagging results of certain policy decisions. Okay. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time when Trump was in his first year where he was taking credit for the economy oh, and the it, stock it, market. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, you know, uh, and I was like, look, he is right now enjoying the benefits of policy decisions that were made. And usually the first year or two, it's very difficult to get the economy to really make a substantial turn towards uh, a, a different direction. And right now, the the shocks that that we had from 20, 2020 um, are still reverberating i mean you, you had i i had i had talked about how trump had taken an economy that was good also in 2018 and showered it with a ton of money with these crazy tax breaks which make no sense which filled people with even more money and then you know 2020 came about and we decided that we needed to throw money at people in order for them not to be bankrupt okay and and we did that and, you know, to uh, make sure that, you know, a lot of people didn't wind up homeless or other things. So he did a lot of that. And, and there were trillions of dollars spent. But one of the things that uh, nobody could uh, foresee is uh, what exactly were people going to do in their spending patterns um, with all the things that were happening? Uh, but one of the clear things that definitely happened is that people spent a lot less money on travel services and all of these things that we had spent a ton of money on and decided to spend a lot of money on durable goods. Um, and so you, you take, you know, you take that kind of money shifted to durable goods and then you've got this reaction in which uh, supplies are outstripped. We have issues with supply chain. By the way, issues with supply chain that I am concerned right now may at some point be much worse. Mm. Um, Not in the far future. The main reason is how dependent we all are in the world on China. And okay. the fact we, that China has it had tried seemed like those, the, the supply chain stuff was starting to get better, right? Or well, you, well, I, yes, and it is. But the thing is that because China insists on a zero COVID policy right now, uh-huh. uh, China went and like had shut down briefly, and they reopened relatively quickly at the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, but the truth is that because the world this, this virus. Uh, isn't going away. Um, when this virus hits China, and I am saying right now, it's not a question of if, it's when. What the global impact of supply chain will be is, I, I'm a little bit scared by that. 
because right now they've maintained themselves in a bubble, but that it's it's increasingly looking like that bubble is unsustainable. Well, the, the two it's questions cra- I- and it's cracking through every country in the world: New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong. Right now, that had been like trying to do this as well, they are having a massive surge in the coronavirus. Well, I, Korea had been good in containing it. It's it's cracking through. It, it just does not seem like cr- sustainable. Cracking a couple things there. Cra- cracking through. You you got to put it in context. They they're those countries that you mentioned are going up, but they're still compared to everywhere else in the world have done amazingly this whole no, time. But it, no, that that's but, fine. But, but, but the other the th- problem. The, wait. The other but thing the problem I is that, China. but here's the problem, but here's a, but, but let's th- remember, I'm sticking with the economic impact of this. Okay. Yeah. Look, okay. it doesn't matter that they've done better about that. If the virus, if, if this virus gets into China now, okay, what it will mean is that if it happens over the next six months, not, not nine months in a, in a substantial way, it will mean that a lot of production for many goods in the, in the, in the world economy will be disrupted. So I let mean, me ask. Let me ask. A, 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 a virus wait, outbreak I, I, in China I, 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 is substantially. I just want to get clarity on this, uh, yeah. on two things on China in terms of you thinking they'll have a big impact here. First of all, one thing is part of that is that the Chinese vaccine isn't anywhere near as effective as some of the mRNA ones. Correct. So, like, they've been vaccinating well, people. Well, that is that, but, is that is that is part of it. Yeah, but it, it, but the it's other not part is that they but, have been on a zero COVID. Well, but what policy. makes you think they can't just continue that indefinitely? That is like sure. whenever a city gets two cases, they shut the whole city down for a month. That that well, but the but that if they do that, it, it, because they will get two cases. They will get five cases. And the right. problem is they will get them in every town. And if they shut down every town, then supply chains will be disrupted. There right. is no way okay. around that. If what you do is that that is the policy and you will not be able to contain not getting those two or five or six cases. Right. But the, you, you, you can know. potentially stop it at the two or five cases, but there's a heavy economic at, 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 a, at, a, at a cost right now. We, we, their original thinking was, oh, we stopped this for two weeks and we restart all the, all, all, uh, you know, restart all the motors. Look, if you're shutting down every damn town and it's going to happen over and over, there, there is no way to sustainably do that and keep producing goods. There isn't. Right. You, you have to make that choice. You, ha- you have to choose whether you're going to have COVID zero or if you're going to have a reliable output. But, 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 but here's the problem. But it's just there will be no reliable output because they're all the choices are bad. Right. It's because either they, you, it, you go maximum containment, you shut down everybody, you're disrupting production. Okay. You say, fuck it. We're going to let the containment. People are going to get sick. They're not going to be able to show up for work. You're still going to get disruption in production. No matter which way you slice it, the virus hitting China more than it is now, which will happen. This isn't a question of if. The reality is right now it's a question of when will be significantly disruptive. Uh, I, I I think that that is a fact. And so this issue with supply where... You know, we've had this issue where there may be even more disruptions coming. Um, and so what does that do with prices? Okay. If demand doesn't slow down and, and that's, uh, you know, doesn't slow down in the short term. Now, 
Here's the other flip side. Okay, so you've I think that we may have some significant other disruptions in the near future because I it doesn't seem likely that China can maintain this posture and just keep the virus at bay without significant, you know, disruptions. But here's the other part of of what's going on. You know, we're talking about inflation and people are saying, well, it's not going it, to it, it's a long-term trend or whatever blah blah blah. But I bring the case to you of what happened with Peloton. Okay. To expl- to show what the issue is that we're having with these all of a sudden huge bursts of demand that all of a sudden just bust, okay? Because it's what Peloton was all of a sudden hiring like crazy, demand's going through the roof, we need to make as many of these, and the supply chains a lot of times just can't keep up with all the crazy demand when it increases that quickly. But then what happens is you get those backlogs usually turn into mirages. At some point, people give up and wanted to get some of the goods and they can't start canceling orders. Okay. And when that happens, then the man drops through the floor and all of a sudden you're bloated with their inventory and you can't get rid of it fast enough. And I have a feeling that in a lot of, of, of areas of, well, where and, and in the case of people Peloton, are trying to do catch up orders of purchases, in, that in the they're going to wind up with these. In, in the case in, of Peloton, isn't it also a factor that people were getting these because they were stuck at home? And as people start feeling right. comfortable go, going to the gym again or whatever, they're like, oh, maybe I don't need the Peloton after all. I'll just well, go to true, the gym. But, but a lot of other purchases were kind of like because people were taking money from doing other activities, like I mentioned, deviating mm-hmm. them to that. So what happens when they go back to those activities and they stop buying 30% more of everything else? Yeah. I, I just don't see how it, it's one of these things where this is a problem. Um, and people are, a lot of times what winds up happening with these demand increases is that people build an inventory until they wind up building too much inventory and then prices go. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, you know, part of the economic cycle, unfortunately. Um I, I, I think that we're in for a whole bunch of more shocks and there's just no way around them. Um, it, I, you know, there, there's just no way around them because these things are, the virus is, you know, I, I think the Biden administration has used this word that they're going to beat the virus or something or whatever. Uh, Nobody not recently. They did that last summer. They, they not, they're not doing that anymore. Nobody's beating this virus. Okay. We need to figure out how to, how to manage it. Uh, we need to figure out how to do the best we can. Um, but this whole thing with supply chain, so much of it being concentrated in China, it shows, uh, uh, what, a what an, what an issue it is when, when production of any item gets concentrated in one place, at once that a a disruption could could be catastrophic for everybody and um i i I just i i just don't see how the chinese avoid uh, some kind of uh a problematic situation with the virus now I'm not saying now, it's now, going let to be me like, one, like, let me like what one. was it, what it was, but, but, look, but let me clarify something. I'm okay. not saying it's going to be like what it was at the beginning of the virus because treatments and other things are available and so forth and so on. But look, as Omicron has shown to us in the U S 
you don't need for it to be, you know, body bags in the streets for it to be disruptive. Okay. Right. If enough people get sick that they can't show up to be teaching or they can't show up to do this or they can't show up to do that, it's disruptive to the economy and it causes significant impacts. Today I was reading about uh, New York Times had an article about the stresses that pharmacists are undergoing. Okay. Um, and because they're doing vaccinations, they're doing this, they're doing that and how customers are being just, uh, abusive towards them. And I've seen this happen in person. I mentioned it, I think a couple of months ago, seeing this. So, so these guys are overwhelmed with work. They're being added tasks that they didn't used to have to do because in the modern pharmacies, they didn't used to vaccinate people. That was something that used to happen 50, 60 well, more like, yeah, like over, you know, 50 years ago, my grandmother used to vaccinate people when she was a pharmacist. Hell, she used to go out in the countryside riding a horse, getting paid a buck per vaccination. I don't know mm-hmm. if I told you this. I, I believe the, you've mentioned this on the show before. Back, back in the 1930s, okay? So she used to do that. But pharmacists stopped doing that, like a lot of that, like back in the 60s, 70s. They they, they weren't doing that right now. But, you know, they, they've gone back to them because I, I do think that that was something that was uh, underutilized in terms of the pharmacists. But with so many people, millions, you know, getting vaccinations with shortages of staff and then surly customers, it's 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 become bad where you go to pharmacies right now and they're shutting down for lunch breaks They're mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the pharmacy department is like, well, we're going to close from 12 to 1 because we can't get enough staff to have a break. And turnover is through the roof. Um, so it, this is this is the kind of stuff that disrupts. And it's not, you know, like like I said, it, it's like one restaurant shuts down for a week. But it, it, it there are these ongoing impacts all over the place. But they they add up. They add up. Um, I mean, the other day I, I I went to the I went to the pharmacy section of my supermarket. And I was just shocked by how many things were out of stock. Just out of stock. They just weren't there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and and it's just this entire thing. And, and I just don't, I, I don't see how we get out of this soon. And the delayed effect on China is, is very worrying. Um, I do, th- you know, there are people that saying that what we have spurred is, uh, inflation that is here, like, like to stay for some reason, almost everything that I've seen indicates that, that this is, it, it it's, it's a big spike, but it's transitory because it's not sustainable the way that some of these orders and things are happening right now. But people have to be I, I just, clear, like people were using the word transitory when this first started without specifying a time frame. Like, and there's a difference between transitory, okay, we'll see a spike for one month versus transitory. It'll be like this for a year and then we'll get back down to something else. I, I think it'll be like this, like for a year or two. Okay. Right. I think we're going to have a couple of years of this, but, but at the same time, I think that there are, there are c- certain negative forces that could be gathering that will make this that will make this worse. Now, I, I am going to say one thing that Pete, you know, uh, Manchin was talking about not going through with BBB because of inflation data, whatever, whatnot. But look, and and the, the Republicans going and blaming the Democrats. Let me let's be clear about something right now. The only reason we are 
in the deficit tr- situation we are right now is because of the GOP. <laughs> no other party holds responsibility like they, they like they do. 20 years ago, W. Bush got a fucking economy with a surplus. Decided to start trillion dollar deficits right then and there. He started a war and he made tax cuts that nobody wanted. Okay? Buried us with a trillion dollar uh, tr- trillion dollar deficits for multiple years. Changed financial regulations. Created an economic crisis in 2008. Left Obama holding the bag. Obama got there with a deficit north of a trillion dollars. He did put some stimulus, but when he turned it, when he, when he gave it over to that dumbass Trump, the deficit had been cut, cut down from its peak by like 70, 80%. And right. Trump went and once again, and went and fuck just showered, you know, sh- decided to shower more tax cuts and pump up the deficit to the moon. Then we finally got what I've been saying for 20 years. Hey, we're spending all these deficits and all of a sudden we're going to need money, you know, for an emergency. So, so we unleashed all this money. And then all of a sudden people are like, Oh my God, this deficit's out of control. I'm like, motherfuckers, you guys just every time that there was a good time rolling or something or whatever, they, they were just, they, they just couldn't keep their credit cards in their pocket. They, they would just, they, they would do this every time. And then, and then go afterwards and go say, look, the Democrats, look what stupid job they're doing. I'm like, Jesus fucking assholes. Whereas, you know, I remember you talking during the Trump administration about this in terms of, you know, you want to save this so that you can do deficit spending when you need it. Need it. Yes. I said that repeatedly. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's wrap up economy, but I'm just going to roll right on because we're talking pandemic because economy and pandemic are intrinsically tied together. This is a whole goddamn continuum of everything right now seems to be like interconnected at this yes, point. Yes. Yes. Uh, and, and so I, I want to talk about pandemic for a little bit. And uh, as usual, I'll start with some statistics. Um, and as usual as well, I focus on the worldwide numbers rather than U.S. numbers. Uh, but And I focus on deaths because cases is not a good proxy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so where we are with case, uh, not cases, I just said why I'm not using cases, with deaths, um, as of the February 10th data, um, we're at 10,443 deaths per day. Uh, on the seven-day average. Um, That's up a percent from a week ago, um, up 49% from a month ago, up 45% from a quarter ago, but still down 13% from a year ago. Now, if you look at the chart, what was that? Well, that's good. Yeah, we're still down from a year ago. I was going to say, if you look at the chart, though, where we are is that This big Omicron death peak, which of course lags the cases peak by a few weeks, um, looks like it might just be topping off. If you look just in the last few days, it's sort of peaked and heading back down again. Just, you know, if if we'd continued at the pace that we were going, we would have intersected last year's line uh, and be worse than we were a year ago. At this point, whether or not that happens is a question it's a race, right? Because last year at this time, uh, last year at this time, deaths were falling precipitously. Uh, so if we also fall precipitously, then 
if we fall faster than last year, we'll we'll never be worse than last year. But if we sort of go down, but more slowly, we'll still end up worse than we were a year ago. And so the point of that is, you know, we're not at, and this ties to everything you were just saying, we're by no means at this is done. <laughs> you know, this is, we are right now on a worldwide bath on a worldwide basis, deaths are roughly where they were last June or something like that. Um, and, and so, yeah, you know, people are acting and we've got all kinds of reasons why that I'll talk about in a second, but like everybody wants to be done. Everybody is like rushing to uh, get rid of um, any remaining restrictions and try to get back to normal as much as possible. And you've, you know, you've been mentioning we have to figure out how to live with it, et cetera. Um, but here's you the know, thing, and I, I will say again that figuring out how to live live with it doesn't mean that you throw all caution to the wind. Well, it's like yes. I, I swear and to God that I, I hear people. It's like, hey, oh, if it were if this were like with car safety systems, they'd be like, hey, we we cut deaths down eighty percent. We don't need these seatbelts anymore. Exactly. I'm like, no, you you do, you idiot. And, right. and I'm like, and and that's my thing. I don't. This well, I saw someone mentality is just so fucking dumb. And but by the way, and everybody has it. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. It, it it's very widespread. Um I saw one uh I'm not going to be able to come up with the tweet in real time because it was a couple weeks ago. But somebody tweeted, you know, about what endemic really means in terms of what society looks like. And there are really two choices. Um one choice is that Oh, okay. This is here. We have to adapt our lives around how to still stay safe with this, which means you're going to wear masks, you know, in a way that you didn't before. It means we are going to prioritize improving ventilations for public spaces and yep. uh, schools and office buildings and all and of this kind of stuff. And we need more people vaccinated. And, and we need stuff. more people vaccinate, vaccinated. And, and yes, you want to be careful and maybe not pack people in quite as densely as you used to, you know, this kind of thing. And we will adapt our lives. Or if you do, to, how about then, you know what, start making more N95 masks available if you right. want to pack them in that tightly. Right, right. But the point was, you can either say, okay, this is here. We have to live with it. Let, let's take all the precautions we need to, to keep the death rate as low as we possibly can. Or the flip side is you just say, oh, okay. The new normal is 3000 people a day well, in the U S and we're okay. Well, or, the fl- or the flip side, look, which is just uh, look like some people is like, well, we still need to keep everything. All these things shut down. Kids shouldn't be going. Uh, schools need to be closed. I'm like, look guys, we can't have schools closed for three years. We, we can't, well, we, and no, we can't. Okay. And no but one's the same no time, one's been advocating that for a long time. That's a, you know, it's a man. Listen, there are people at that extreme. There are people yeah, at that extreme. I, I okay? will not deny there are people at that is extreme, but none of them are in charge of anything. No, no, no. It, well, it, well, yeah, but but there are people at 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 both extremes of of it in terms of of the advice. And and my thing is that I I, I just look like you said, learning to live with it is you know not just throwing all 
measures, you know, out. And it's well, as simple as and, that. And, so, and, I, and, so, and, I, and it just, look, let, let me give you another measure. One that, yeah. uh, you know, there's a Vanity Fair article that, that Bruce had shared. And they were on like, saying, well, Slack. on Archimedes Corner Slack, which was like, uh, well, you know, what is this thing about keeping kids out of school when they're sick or exposed? Fuck, we always did that before. We did that before. <laughs> At least you're I don't supposed understand to. this person. That's what you're supposed to. This fucking person is railing against keep, keep keeping kids at home when they get exposed to other kids. Say, look, if I had a kid exposed at school to a kid with the flu and they exhibited symptoms, they're they're staying at home. That's what right. we used to do. So I let, don't. This, this, but but Sam, these people are going insane. They're saying, oh, no, we shouldn't, like, keep anybody at home when they're sick. What the fuck is wrong with you? Just Did everybody forget what happened before the year 2020? Well, and let's talk about everything else for a second in terms of, like, you know, we've got this wave of blue state governors uh, indicating that either they're removing restrictions now or they will be soon in terms of indoor mask mandates and all this kind of stuff. And then you've got a lot of the, you know, CDC folks and stuff basically saying, uh can't we at least wait a few more weeks? You know, uh, you're a little bit early. And and to be fair, some of these announcements are saying that they're going to remove these restrictions at like the end of February or beginning of March. So they are a few weeks out. There are only a few places that are doing it right away. Uh, but I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, there, there, there are two main things here. First of all is, on the one hand, I fully understand you know, the, the political pressures that are there, like the more and more people are sort of fed up and don't want to do this anymore. Like you said, they, you know, in places that don't have mandates, you mentioned last week there in Florida, where there are no indoor mask mandates, nobody's wearing a mask. No, nobody's doing anything anymore. Whereas here, like in Washington state, there still is an indoor mask mandate. And so people are for the most part doing it where they're required to. Okay. Um, but you know, people don't want to lots and lots of people don't want to, they're, they're itching to not, they're sick of the mandates. They're sick of the restrictions. They're sick of like events being delayed or closed or shut down or whatever. Um, and so I understand the political pressure on these blue state governors. And also, frankly, you know, we're getting November's not that far away and the blue state governors don't want to be saddled with they're the evil ones keeping you yeah, like restricted yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So I understand why they're like, they are in a position where they almost have to reduce these measures and do it relatively quickly. On the other hand, you know, I look at, you know, it, it, I, and I've one more thing there. I've seen a number of people say, well, like what we, what we really need is definitive scientifically based guidance that says here are three simple metrics to watch. And like when two out of three are green, you can take off your masks, you know, or whatever, something simple that like is updated on a weekly basis that can tell you, are you good to go or not? And is metric based. And that's not how listen, listen, I got to tell you this right now at this fucking point, because of so many people, including people that, and, and we're not just talking Republicans. Oh no, wait, this, this whole thing at this point is sort of a confluence between the, the Republicans who've been COVID deniers all along and 
liberals who are like fully vaxxed and trying to do all the right thing, but are sick of it and are done. Are exhausted. They're just yeah. exhausted. Uh, what I will say to you like right now is I'm buying more in 95 masks <laughs> and I, I'm just, you know, it, it, look, whenever a new vaccine or anything's coming up, we're, we're, we're getting whatever the hell we yep. can, but that's all I could do. I mean, there's nothing I could do well, I, I, like right you, now because I, I, I because gonna, before we were depending on masking where we were depending on was, others. We were depending on a critical mass of other people all doing the right thing so that we could have mitigation efforts and, but, but and people don't we, want but now, to. Now it's everybody for themselves. People don't want to. And that was my thing. thing. And that was my thing about it's not it's not even the mandates. It's just people don't fucking want to. Yeah. And, and let, 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 me, let me get to those two points, too. One, the people who are asking for, like, the sort of numerical guidance on when it's OK and blah, blah, blah. They are absolutely right. There should be and there should have been communicated from the very beginning. Here are the rules. When we go below these numbers, then we the mitigations go off. But the problem is those actually exist. The CDC does have guidelines around that. The problem is there's like 15 counties in the entire United States where the situation is good enough that they're that the CDC actually recommends, you know, you don't need to mask. That's well, it. But, he, you know, but here's and, and so thing the, the problem is um, the, the the level is too low. But also when you come to mandates and everything, and we've said this over and over and over again, the mandate is not what matters. What matters is the behavior that people have. And if you've gotten to the point that people just are not willing to pay yep. attention to the guidance and to the mandate, then whether or not you have the mandate in place doesn't freaking matter because people aren't paying attention anyway. Now, I would argue that even there, there's a certain percentage of people who will do it because there's a mandate. And just because of that, I, the, if we could have, if, if, if we could hold off a little bit longer, like we're still right. Yes. We're down from the peak on cases. Yes. It's heading down, but we're still at exceptionally high levels that correspond, you know, even down, we're like comparable to the highs of some of our previous peaks. And could we at least wait to get a little bit lower before we start doing this? But I guess not. And I'm just like you, I, I'm sort of just throwing up my hands at this point. I, I don't agree. Like, it, it, you know, if you ask me, like, what should people be doing? People absolutely should still be masking. People should still be social distancing. Yeah. People should yeah. still be refraining from going out and acting like it was 2019 again. But, you know, I... I'm throwing up my hands and recognizing that the percentage of people who are willing to restrict themselves in that way for the good of society is dropping and dropping quickly. And at the same time, I'm sort of, I'm bracing myself towards, you know, this is exactly why this will not be the last wave here, you know, because, yeah. you know, you're everybody lets loose. And then eventually it's going to get bad again. And you know, we go through the cycle again and again and again. Uh, look, one thing, remember that, that nobody did anything to try to stop this, this last bump that we had. Number one, the, the, the reason we're going to have a bump is not so much because people let loose. They're all let loose and we, everybody got. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you said that what's last happening week. What's happening right now. I just want to point out, I, I, I want to point this out. 
You said that last week. And I think that from what your description of the world in Florida, I think that's probably very true in Florida. I think it is was less true in uh, in the Northeast and the Northwest and some other places where where people still really were you know, well, restricting in more than themselves. Half the US, that was the tr- that that was the reality. Okay? No, I agree. But- I agree. I agree. That I think in different places, the the way that it's played out has been different. Uh, but you certainly have the effect of with Omicron specifically because there were so it, because it was so virulent and. And it was mild enough, so it wasn't killing people. Well, it is killing people. Out. The, it the, is, the, but, but, but the number a, of deaths is rate. very high. It, it was killing people at a lower rate, but because it was so big, the absolute numbers were still huge. Um, but because of that, you do see like the whole just burning through the country. But I've seen estimates that even with the number of people catching it, and, you know, et cetera, the, the, the reservoir of people who haven't gotten it yet is still huge. So there's still plenty of opportunity for it to have an, another well, no, wave, but, but even with Here's this another thing, thing um, that, uh, look, more of a problem is that, you know, another strain. Yes. What, what's the next variant that comes up? I mean, people have already talked a little bit about this sub-variant of Omicron right. or whatever that's that's apparently taken over. Like in South Africa, it's already 100% of the cases are very close to it, but it's 100% of a much smaller number, at least so far. So cross your fingers, because apparently it spreads even faster than the original Omicron. Right. Um, but so far, it hasn't gotten itself a second bump out of that. So cross your fingers, it stays that way. But it's inevitable as long as we have on a worldwide basis, the still like, you know, what are we at a worldwide basis? I don't have in front of me right now, between 50 and 60% vaccination on, on a worldwide basis. And even, and much less when you consider that it's now fairly clear, you need boosters to get, you know, f- full protection. Um, you know, there's huge reservoirs of people all over the world where this thing can continue to evolve. Um, and I say all over the world, but all over the United States too. We have a big unvaccinated population that, you know, is is sort of free reign for this. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we are, we're definitely going to see other variants and it's just a matter of time. And it's, it's, a, it's a cross your fingers thing if they're better or worse than the previous ones. Yeah, so um, we're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and, and so again, like the what? What is the endemic state? And it's just like I said, the two choices are basically you modify your life so it is distinctly different than what we were in two thousand nineteen on a long-term basis, not just a short-term basis, or you try to go back to how it was and accept a really high death rate. And what makes me really, really sad is it appears that in the US at least, we're going towards the second. Like we want to get back to normal at all costs. And if more people die, oh well. Well, look, even last week where I went out to dinner for my birthday, but I I went out to a restaurant that I do specifically had a lot of outside tables and we sat in front of the ocean, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, to have dinner specifically because of that. And, uh, and, and this is like right now at a moment where, uh, you know, uh, I know that, look, I just 
got COVID right now, so my immunity level, aside from being bastarded, vaxxed and boosted, is high. And I was with, uh, you know, a, there were it, here's here. I'll tell you something interesting that that happened. Almost everybody that I know down here that's gotten Omicron amongst my friends. The men in the in the in the married couples got them, and the women did not. Mm, interesting. Consistently across the board, it was bizarre. I was like, "What the hell?" Um, and we weren't isolating at home either, right? But all, all of us men got them, and their wives didn't. Um, and so, uh, but but still, what I what I'm saying is that we went out. I, I'm still doing that stuff. I, I wanted to go out to dinner for my for my thing, it, but that restaurant was completely packed indoors. Okay, yeah, every and, table, and, and, and this, yeah, I, I mean this you know, this this reminds me of a of of two other things I meant to say earlier. Um, one is the reopenings that people are doing that the governors are announcing in terms of mask mandates and stuff. Once again, are doing some things that feel backwards to me, um, like. In some states, they are lifting all indoor mask restrictions except schools. And it's like, okay, if you were going to do anything, it would be the reverse of that. Like, I, I probably would bias towards keep the masks everywhere for now. But if you are going to remove them anywhere, you remove them in the schools first. Because we've got all kinds of evidence at this point that the risk is lower for children. The children spread it less, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and and but they're doing it the other way around. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's well, why, just, well, why why do you think they're doing it the other way around? because well, the because the because the, uh, the adults are the noisy ones, you know. Yes, because kids are more compliant. That's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's just like it makes no sense. Just like to me before, there was the situation where they were, you know, schools were still closed, but restaurants were open. It's like what. Like at least can you make these things self consistent? Now you know, no, no, and and we're, and, we're, and I've railed. No, yeah. I don't know how many times I've railed about the whole thing of like, yeah, masks are required indoors except when you're eating. What? You know, it's you, you're either in a situation where you need the masks indoors or you're not. There's no like, oh, COVID. COVID will leave you alone as long as you're eating. I mean, that's ridiculous. You know. And, and so, right. yeah, I, I mean, it really seems that that's what everybody believes. No, nope. uh, no, 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 no. That, dr that drives no, me nuts. But... It's still, it, you know, the, the, you know, outdoors, there's plenty of evidence. COVID, COVID is not going to get you. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you're they putting have that... food through your mouth, so you're blocking the airflow. Yeah, they have that at schools too. Like, you know, you have to work, uh, you know, at the place, you know, lots of schools obviously have already lifted their mask mandates, et cetera. But like lots of places are still, the kids have to wear their masks, except in the cafeteria when they're eating. What? Well, it is, I, I will say that it's impossible to eat while. I know it's impossible to eat without <laughs> it. It's, it's, it's just, 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 it's just,
Okay, the moment I'm going to take a bite, I lift up the mask, I have put the bite in, and then put and the mask back down. Yeah. I I have seen people do that before. That's My about, wife has reported she's done that a few that times. You, that's about the best that you can that, get. That's the best that's you can do. The the other thing, again, oh, I, I, I mentioned this. Like, um, Yeah, a, you know, a pe- mask with a hole up front for eating doesn't <laughs> no, work well. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. But hey, I've seen those. All I'm asking for is a little consistency. Like if you're uh, gonna, we're gonna guide, forget it. We're not gonna. We're gonna I know. get any of that. And I, I just wanted to mention this on the ventilation front too, and then we'll take a break and move on. But um, you're ventilating already. Right. Anyway, yes, I am ventilating. One of the things that people have mentioned for a long time uh, at this point, and and I continue to be baffled why people aren't uh, really prioritizing ventilation. But you can use um, a CO2 monitor as a proxy for how well ventilated your space is for COVID where you are. Um, Mm. And I went ahead and bought one of these things. I've got one a few feet away from me here. Uh, Basically, the idea is um, that, you know, if if you are in a place without good ventilation and you have people in it, like talking or breathing or whatever, then CO2, your parts per million of CO2 will increase over time. Um, and there are certain levels of, of CO2 that even, even without COVID, like I had seen pre COVID, I'd seen some people talking about these CO2 monitors and putting them at, um, you know, in conference rooms at, at major companies and noticing that by the end of the day, the CO2 level in the conference rooms was enough to cause mental impairment. Yeah, temporary. I mean, so let's get this straight. So basically, what you're saying is that at all these damn meetings, we're just you know blowing a lot of hot air. Exactly. But like the measure, the measurements were such, and I, I was and, amused. And then by it's this. and it is actually scientifically measurable. It's actually scientifically measurable, and that by the end of the day, because most of these conference rooms don't have good ventilation, it's actually enough so that the participants that are sitting in that room close to 5 p.m. at the end of the day, uh, are susceptible to headaches, uh, perform uh, lower on cognitive tests, and are just generally worse at all kinds of things that involve like clear thinking. Um, and it sounds so, like I have been like basically doing this for like about 20 plus years. I mean, you know, I, I, I will say, Jesus Christ. And so my, my point is the pre-COVID stuff was already telling people, hey, you know, a lot of companies have to up their game and improve the ventilation and such because you're actually getting bad decision making, you know, in meetings at the end of the day because of this, right? Um, and not just so because not, people not are tired after we're gonna blame We're going to blame the bad decision making from all of us corporate types being stuck in conference rooms to bad air. Is that, yes. I can blame this now on? You, you, I, I you got, bl- I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I gotta do anyway, that. You know, yes. Anyway, the the whole thing is it, it's a proxy though. You can see this and you can see it build up over the course of time. And if you've got a well ventilated room, then the CO2 level will actually stay steady, even with whatever number of people you have in it talking, singing, eating, whatever they're doing, because there's enough air circulation to get the CO2 out and bring in fresh air. But if there's not, the rates will increase over time. Um, and these things, you know, you, you, you can get them relatively cheaply. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that the 
uh, there's a range like the cheapest ones are like 50 bucks i think nicer ones are uh over 100 but you know and, and you you can just stick them in a room and see how you do and like the room i'm in right now i noticed when i first got this thing i set it up i plugged it in i noticed that you know if if my son and i were like having a let's say a robust exchange of ideas Mm. it was enough that the co2 would increase significantly and go into the hey you should be paying attention to this do something zone so you guys definitely blow a lot of hot air we definitely do And, and and you know so i open the window and it fixes it but this is the kind of thing that relatively cheaply you could do in all kinds of places you could do this in restaurants you could do this in schools you could do whatever just stick a co2 meter in every room and pay attention and if you see this thing regularly getting to high numbers not only does it mean the co2 you know issues of that i mentioned before about you know having potential effects on headache and cognitive effects but also it's covid concentrations it it gives you a proxy for if somebody in that room was infected how much of that stuff is sticking around in the room versus how much is not and um you know and if you see that your co2 levels are going up 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 over the course of the day that means that room is not necessarily safe in that situation mask up if you're not and maybe consider opening a freaking window or sticking a fan in there or otherwise improving the ventilation. Cause that will also help, uh, you know, and it, 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 yeah. And you can, and again, like this is one of those things that has not been politicized. So why aren't people like really focusing on ventilation? It continues to baffle me anyway. Been politicized. What the fuck hasn't been politicized in this know, goddamn country? And, and you know, and you know, as soon as somebody puts like a proposal on the table to like, require yeah. air quality standards Thank or something, you. then it'll be politicized overnight, you know? Uh, yes, 100%. 100%. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Way more than enough. Uh, we are going to take another break, and then we will come back and do two more of these, and then we will be done. Back after this. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing (music) 
Nothing above my shoulders but the evening. And the best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, we are back. And Yvonne, it is your turn to pick again. You know, we had that... um... Oh, you you remembered to hit the mute button. Congratulations. Uh, Yes, I did. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, You know... uh... So uh, we just had the uh, uh, Ray Lynch uh, 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 commercial. Just as an aside, I mean, I, I still, you know, I, I love that that music. I'm the one that picked this music for for this. If we hadn't like discussed that earlier, I I picked it back when we were at school. Uh, I I mean, I happened to have that that uh, Ray Lynch album, and I had a couple of them. But I, but I I I I bought it. I I, I do remember where I bought. The, the the cd originally because okay. you know sam is like always confused as to how do i remember any of this shit but i it, it was in new york city that i that i that i purchased it i, I purchased it at tower records uh i remember and um we're having this discussion i'd heard a couple of like songs like new age and whatever and uh i was somebody from high school and uh the cd came up and i bought it and um and yeah, so I got it. That was like when Tower Records was a thing, you know, which is like now not a thing. No record stores, just not, just not a thing. But I, not I in like the way they were. But vinyl, not in the way comeback, Yvonne. Vinyl, I mean, vinyl is making a comeback of sorts, but definitely not at the what it used to be. But uh, but yeah, but I, I, you know, Tower Records was cool to go to. But uh, but you know, uh, now we get music uh, in much different ways yes so anyway um so uh i i guess i get to pick a topic um yep. so um oh god let's see we have um the trump record retention and I mean, really retained the record. So, uh, uh, lock him up. But her emails, right? Uh, you know, th- th- this whole thing is, is just look. We've known some of this for a long time, but a whole bunch more has come out in the last two weeks. Um, and, and you know, and I of course have to do the but her emails because everybody went so freaking nuts about Hillary Clinton's stupid email server and you know people have pointed out how this was you know front page and all the newspapers for like weeks and weeks and weeks and nobody could talk about anything else and blah 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 uh meanwhile we have some of this trump trump stuff happening you know that some of it was reported during his administration never got the same level of uh attention frankly because he was doing so much other stuff um and even now, like, you know, if you go to the usual suspects, of course, they're talking about it a lot. Like if you turn on MSNBC, they've been talking about this 
like a lot. So, uh, so but, I'm guessing that Hannity is talking about it wall to wall. Oh yeah, I mean of Hannity. Be- Hannity because all of those folks were so deeply concerned about the details of how you know government records were maintained and the security yes, of yes i mean the sanctity of of the records yes yes so look things things that we heard earlier we heard way back four years ago like very early on in the trump presidency that he was ripping up documents that were supposed to be retained. And they actually had like three or four people who ran after them, taping them back together. Right. right? And then we heard that Donald Trump heard about that and fired those people. But apparently the reports this week are, or last week, whatever, um, are that he continued this like ripping up documents thing, his entire presidency. And in fact, even if he fired those original people, other people actually were doing their jobs and still trying to collect all the pieces together. Um, Because some of the materials that came back from the national archives after that case finally went up and down all the way to the Supreme court and the congressional committee was able to get the documents from the archive were delivered taped together. Of course. (laughs) because they were tiny pieces taped together. So we've confirmed that. We also have um, Donald Trump apparently took with him to Mar-a-Lago when he left the presidency, something like 15 large boxes of documents. And within those documents, uh, it's reported, first of all, one of the things in there was that uh, hurricane map that he drew on with a Sharpie. So excellent. Was that, was that, what is that, uh, classified uh well apparently you know that one was not necessarily classified but it was a government document that should have been retained with the government he was not allowed to take it um okay. the also his I'll just check it was classified okay. we're, we're getting to that in a second we're getting to the classified stuff uh it also was reported that his quote-unquote love letters to kim jong-un did I did I mess up the pronunciation? Anyway, whatever. Uh, He's an ass. The asshole. In Korea. The the North yeah. Korean leader. His his letters back and forth to him were apparently part of what was taken. And uh, when this was returned to the archive, did they um, have like did they have like little heart signs on them and like you know, probably little little, little dotted the eyes with like, little hearts and, with like yeah. uh, you know lipstick kisses on them. Probably. Um, in any case, and I don't, presumably this could be those letters, actually. I would imagine those would be classified. But it, it, when they got back to the National Archives, the fo- folks at the archives looked into it and saw some things that have been reported that looked classified to them. So they reported that to the DOJ Inspector General to look into and and pass that along. And who knows what's going to happen to that investigation. Apparently, one of the there are a few relevant questions there. One is, you know, the president is the ultimate declassification authority. So theoretically, he could have declassified these things before he took them to Mar-a-Lago. Okay, but since so he you, didn't, and he's no longer president. He, you well, know, we don't know if he we we don't know if he did or not. Oh, because okay. apparently it's not I, even documented. How does he have to do this? Like, is it is it fine for him to stand alone in the middle of the Oval Office and say? These are now declassified and boom, they are. Um, maybe, you know, 
Um, so he could claim that he declassified them before he took them. And so there's no classification issue and it's unclear how that would be determined to be true or not. Whatever. Listen, I'm not talking about, uh, listen, I'm not expecting Trump to be prosecuted over this, but my, the whole point, you know, whatever it is what it is, but but the whole point is just once again, just to highlight his hypocrisy, you know, that's the reality. Oh, absolute hypocrisy from top to bottom Uh, on the very many things that are laws that Trump has broken. This may well be one of them. I've seen people speculating in terms of if they did want to prosecute, this might actually be one of the easier things to go after him for. Um, But there, even there, there's some, there's some questions, but uh, you know, so because Again, there's the whole classification authority. There's this and that. But the the Presidential Records Act, forget the classified stuff. He wasn't allowed to take this stuff anyway. And the stuff that he was ripping up, he wasn't allowed to rip up. And like even just the ripping up the papers theoretically has a three-year maximum like prison sentence associated with it. Now, no one thinks they're going to go after him and get three years in prison for ripping up documents. Oh, but then the other things that were reported this week, back to the ripping up documents, apparently. Uh, he was flushing some of these documents down the toilet and were, were, he was clogging the White House, the White House toilets. He was clogging the White House toilets I mean, with I documents he was flushing. I don't understand what, the, I mean, what the, uh, I mean, God, what the hell was he, fl- Jesus Christ, what the hell was. And now he denies this, just to be clear, he denies this. Uh, he says it, this it, report yeah, is false. Yeah. Uh, but it, okay. Yeah. Oh, gee. Oh my God! Now, of course, Trump denied it. Well, I totally believe him. Of course, <laughs> and apparently, I mean, does it, least, well, I mean, this this clarifies it for me. Okay, yeah. Appar- apparently, there's at least one other report that, in some circumstances, after he ripped apart after he ripped apart documents, he ate them. Now, I'm not sure that's true or not either, but it fits in with everything else. I mean, what I mean, the hell? again, again, did he deny this or nobody asked him about? I, I don't think th- I don't think he's responded to that particular one. He responded to the flushing down the toilet one. I mean, well, it's just now. And what, what part of this reporting, by the way, has said the ripping apart documents was apparently the way it was reported was. This may not be him specifically trying to destroy records of a particular thing. He would do this all the time whenever he was frustrated with an issue or done talking about it. Like it could have been a clipping. We saw him do it it, it, it live. Do you remember at the end of the debate where he did really poorly and he had his notes and he ripped them up? I don't remember that. I remember Pelosi. Oh, yes. You Ripping up his speech, but no, no, no. There was, there was a debate where at the end of it, he grabbed the notes off his table. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say with a fair confidence of like 80% that this is accurate. And the, at the end of the debate, he was so frustrated. He just grabbed the notes and just ripped them up. Just like, I I don't remember that, but it, you know, it would mesh with what everybody else is saying. They're basically saying that he would just, it it could be an article from the New York times or something that he would be frustrated with what was in it. He didn't like the reporting, whatever. When he was done with it, he would rip it up and throw it over his shoulder. He apparently did this with all kinds of stuff. So like there is the question of, 
you know, was he intentionally destroying records that are supposed to be kept and trying to like hide his tracks and stuff? Or is just this this just something he did? Now, okay, of course, so these two things was can go on together. The, on the, uh, this was at the October 20th, 2016 debate, okay, with Hillary. At the end of it, he did precisely that. Yes, my, nice. my memory nice. is correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, I'll read this. This is like, watch Trump angrily tear a page out of his notepad at the end of last night's debate. He did not look pleased. Okay. Okay. So, yes. All right. So, um, and, and so as usual, all these details stay in my head. Don't ask me why. <laughs> I don't know. They just don't go away. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and so also apparently the, the January six, it's six January six. Anyway, whatever I, I'm, I'm starting to flake out. Um, the committee has also noticed that the call records from that day have a significant gap in them. Um, <laughs> And part of this may be, they, they talked about like immediately this brings to mind the, the missing minutes from the Watergate tapes, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I know. But, I know. but apparently it's not necessarily that. Um, it's that surprise, surprise. Another thing that we knew from the very beginning, uh, Trump didn't like to use the official White House phone system. Right. He was he, using he, his he, cell phone. He would use his own cell phone. Or apparently, also very often, he would use random cell phones from the people around him. Like, he would grab somebody else's phone to make... I, I had heard that before, yes. And and so this is making it hard for them to reconstruct who all he t- has spoken to on that day. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, all, all of this record stuff, I mean... This is another place where the one of the articles about this, and I, I quoted this on Twitter, I believe, expi- explicitly called out, this is another one of those laws where the law says you must do X, Y, Z, but has absolutely no enforcement mechanism. You know, and I guess I guess there are like some penalties for blatantly um not doing it, I guess, because people are talking about that, but still it's, it's not like it's, it's just set up like, please don't do this. (laughs) And, you know, and we, we, we talked numerous times as the Trump administration was coming to a close about the need for laws to codify some of these things, to put teeth into some of these things to say, you know, these things that have just been norms in the past, we have to like, actually make it the law and in places where we do have a law but no enforcement mechanism you need a freaking enforcement mechanism now even with all of that it's hard to build an enforcement mechanism for the president because he owns the doj and the mechanisms that would do the enforcing um so it's a mess and there was uh by the way that the house did pass a bill that would do a bunch of this stuff but of course it's dead in the senate so whatever Look, the only bill that we have hope is to uh, to pass because I know Republicans also have been pushing for that. Is the the the, the count 
bill. Yeah, the, the one, that, the Electoral Count Act of eighteen whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah, to 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 potentially tighten that up a little bit to just make it absolutely clear that the vice president just can't arbitrarily decide which electoral votes to accept and which not to. Correct. Um, right. So that that one does have a chance. None of this other stuff to, has a chance. Yeah, the others um, not 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 one fucking fat chance. No, nothing. Zero. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, th- this was your topic. Anything? Anything else on the retention, or have we covered it? Uh, I think we've covered it, top to bottom. Okay. In, in that By case. Peace. In that case, it's my turn. Woo! Are you excited? I'm exited. You're exited. Okay. Well, bye. No. Uh, so I mean, it, I mean, who comes up with this pronunciation in this language anyway? Why isn't it exited? Why not? Why can't I say I'm I'm, I'm exited instead of excited? I mean, what the hell? Who's you know, stopping one of the, you doing that? No, not nothing is stopping you for do that. <laughs> My own tongue is stopping exactly. me from doing that. Well, um, yes. Yeah, and of course the answer is you know the language evolved norm. from like little pieces from all kinds of different norm. languages and norms. shoving them together. Unwritten norms. Unwritten norms. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Okay. My topic. My topic. And just this is just sliding on over from the records retention stuff uh, to other sort of related politics. Is we had the RNC do this thing where they chastised Kinziger and Cheney. Um, And also as part of that, they characterized the January 6th stuff as legitimate political behavior. Or was behavior the word? Uh, uh, Discourse, I think it was. Discourse, uh, whatever. But the the Uh, point was... Let me ask you a question. So uh, they did a roll call vote on this, correct? No. No. They did a voice vote. And I, I was wrong. At first, I thought there were no visible no's, but I, I played back the thing. There were a few visible, you know, visible? Visible? There were a few visible. audible a- no's audible. or nays on this. I mean, if there were uh, visible, but not that, this, looked not like a, this looked like a cartoon with like little pop-up bubbles. Yeah, a little, little pop-up bubble. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but it was overwhelmingly passed, et cetera. There was apparently an earlier draft that did not use this language that sort of clarified that they meant the nonviolent stuff, but that was taken out before the final draft. Um, this is something where, and they, they've been scrambling to like explain since then that, well, of course they didn't mean the people who were actually like beating police officers with flags and stuff like this. Uh, they meant, you know, sort of the, the protesters at the beginning of the day and, and innocent, uh, like uh, con- congressional people who were just legitimately questioning what was going on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole, the whole thing of course is, you know, what the January six committee is doing that is making a lot of Republicans very, very unhappy right now is that they are very explicitly going beyond just the people who broke into the Capitol and bashed people's heads in and vandalized the place and that kind of stuff to what was the whole scheme here? What was the whole picture around this? What motivated these people to come? What was going on with the effort to like try to produce a mechanism whereby Pence could overturn the election? What was going on with these fake electors and the certificates being brought in? Um, and, and 
And what was this whole picture? And the thing is, with that whole picture, yes, it does implicate a whole bunch of congressional Republicans who were part of the votes to question some of the electoral tally. Um, and, and, and they are looking into was there coordination with anybody there? Uh, and they're looking at this bigger picture. And the whole thing that the Republicans have been hoping all along was that this, they could just make this go away and not think about it anymore and move on. Um, and they're just not letting it. And, uh, Cheney and Kinziger are a big part of that. And, you know, by the way, this is the Republicans' own fault. The Democrats came to them with a proposal for a bipartisan commission who yeah, by its they didn't, charter, they, and they didn't by its charter it. yeah, by its charter would have to have been done last year. This would have been over and done with. And if you had a true bipartisan commission with real sort of Republicans participating it beyond like the never Trumper, Kinzinger, and Cheney types then they probably could have kept the focus really narrow. You know, and then, then when they did appoint the committee because they said no to the commission, um, they tried to put on their most radical, probably involved people onto that committee. And so Pelosi said no. And then rather than appoint somebody else that might be sort of mi more middle of the range that Pelosi couldn't say no to, they just said, okay, we're walking away then. And that's how you got right. Kinzinger and Cheney. And right. so now they've, they've got a committee that's actually able to be aggressive. If you had, you know, generic Republicans on that committee, they could be slowing the whole freaking thing down. And, and, you know, they would still lose votes because they would be in the minority, but they could be obstructing everything left and right. They could be leaking things out of there. They could be doing all this kind of stuff. They decided not to. And then the RNC goes and does this, that like even people like Lindsey Graham and McConnell are saying, you know, why did they do this? Because they basically handed the Democrats a gift, you well, know, for no. a soundbite that they could play over and over and I, over I, again. I have been surprised by, at, at how far and deep and detailed they have been able to get. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, the committee's been, and apparently they're going to start public hearings, it sounds like April. Uh, is when they're going to actually start public uh, hearings. Uh, it's unclear how much they'll do in prime time versus otherwise, but basically they're saying, look, we're, we're going to lay all this out there. You know, yep. we're going to go through the story. We're going to tell all these pieces because, you know, yes, it is true that the general picture of this hasn't changed much in a year, but we do actually know so much more detail here. Yeah. Um, and there is a really compelling picture. There is fairly solid proof that ties what was going on to people very close to Donald Trump, if not Donald Trump himself. Um, right. there's all kinds of evidence about, uh, Republicans who later sort of backed off from it being absolutely appalled at what was going on. Uh, which is embarrassing to them too, because they at first were like, you know, this is awful. Donald Trump needs to make it stop. And then later they're like sucking up to him. Um, you know, 
there's all kinds of stuff that could be made compelling here. The question is, do you, it does any of this break through anyway? I'm guessing probably not because what you still get on this is like, you know, those of us like us who've been paying attention and looking at these details as they come up have a really decent picture of this. I mean, I I'm still learning new details on a week by week basis, but I, I think it all, it, listen, like, everyone, but at the it same time, the people, like on... you said, the, the, the people who are watching Fox don't know any of this shit. No, they don't. And, 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 and their view of it, that you still see these polls of Republicans over and over again with the majority thinking the election was stolen. You've got large numbers of them sympathizing with the rioters on January 6th and thinking that they were righteous patriots, etc. And, you know, even if you have wall-to-wall hearings, unless you've got something that's going to somehow break through to the folks who are sitting there watching Fox News or reading Breitbart all day, then you know, everybody's still going to, you're, you're not going to break ground. Right. Totally. I, I, I really think, I, I really think that like you mentioned before, all these people um, on Fox, they have no idea about any of this. I mean, you hear them and they're talking like, you know, they, they don't know any of it. And so look, the more um, public this becomes, it, it's better because it, it's what you said. Look, yeah, we're following it all the time. But look, remember what I talked about the bully pulpit and getting attention to people and whatnot yep. and why the hell Biden isn't using it? Like, you talk about putting hearings on fucking prime time. People pay attention to that shit. And that gets a lot more people. If, to, if to, nothing to else, because the show they wanted to watch isn't there. That's right. Okay. Because, you know, like a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, that are sort of very highly tech at this point, forget that even now millions, millions and millions of people watch TV, the old fashioned tens of millions of people. They, they turn on the network and they watch the show as it's being aired live rather than like some streaming channel time delayed. You know, there are millions and millions of people out there who actually like it's eight, it's 8 PM. I'm going to turn on my channel and watch my show. And if their show isn't on because somebody's doing wall to wall coverage of some news event, they may well just watch some of it. I mean, I haven't done that for a TV show in so long. Me either. (laughs) I mean, I, for, I mean, I will still right now will turn on. The, the only thing is like, you know, all these channels have these damn life, you know, wall to wall marathons of law and order. So yes, I, that I will watch because it doesn't matter when I pick it up. I mean, I'm just like trying to abuse myself for a little bit. So if it's 45 minutes into an episode, it's like, oh yeah, I watched this one. This was the one that was happening. Whatever. Okay. What a beautiful, just let it take me, whatever, big deal. But, but if it's a show, but if it's like a show, like we're talking about some kind of a series with like six episodes or whatever hbo for example aired a couple of series that i liked i never was like watching it when they were showing it live on hbo i watched it whenever it was available on the app yeah whatever was convenient for you right yeah yeah now now, having said that you you the increased visibility i think helps no matter what do i expect like millions of people to suddenly be going oh wow Trump was bad. Remember, remember again, uh, uh, all of this is at the margins. Look, 
whatever. All of it's at Harvard's, absolutely. Yeah, it, we keep say, you know, it, it keep saying, oh, no, not enough people listen, man. It, you, it, 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 every every one of these margins helps. And, so. and this is where, like, you know, yes, in, in close races, and we've been in close situations here, the margin helps. The other part of that that's come up in the last week is do we think, you know, I mentioned Lindsey Graham and McConnell both made statements against this stuff and said the RNC was being stupid. McConnell came out and said, of course it was an insurrection. Of course these people were bad, you know, et cetera. Um, You know, do you have, do you have enough to sort of at some point start breaking down Trump's grip on the party? Um, Here's the problem. I don't the problem think is so. that if no 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 no. Here's the thing. While you could maybe pull yeah. Trump out, the the replacement isn't much better right now at this point. Look, well yeah. What 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 Republicans are gravitating towards like now is uh hell people that are even Trumpier than Trump. Well yeah, and I, I believe I, I said this somewhere before is even if Trump falls out of favor you absolutely are going to get someone Trump-like in his place. Now, there are different aspects of Trump's personality that could come in there. I mean, it may be, you know, it, you know it's not going to be a Trump clone, you know, but it, it will certainly I mean, It's not that far it. off. Look. I mean, let me say that. this first. Let, let, me, let me say this first. The one thing that we have learned in all of this time that since Trump's came down the escalator was that he may have been the catalyst here, but he exposed what is, was really going on in the underbelly of the Republican party for a long, long time. That, that people had said for decades was the reality. And many of us that we, uh, many of us, myself included, nah, they, they can't be that bad. They they just want small government and low taxes. You know. I said that in the early '90s. In the late '90s, I started really believing that they were right, but I still, but I, I believed it that they were right. But maybe it's not that extreme, right? Yes, they are white supremacists. They want to remember me. They're not that extreme. And then Trump just unleashed it. And I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, they were that extreme. Yeah, I mean, and it it's become clear that the people we used to call sort of the normal rational Republicans are a distinct minority in their own. They're all marginalized. They, they're all, like they're all, all marginalized. Like uh, the people who are willing to openly say that, you know, and, and retain sort of that, that brand are all out. Um, yeah. Then there, there are some that are still in, but they're in because they're willing to go along with this nonsense. Um, right. and, and so, yeah, so the, the, the true, the true Republican party has been exposed. And so there's no going back to a no. Romney or a Jeb no. Bush or something like no. that. No, um, no. And so like maybe, you know, if, but it, so if you get a split or something, maybe you get DeSantis instead of Trump. You love him. He's your governor, right? Oh God, that asshole. And, and he, he wants to take over the mantle and he wants to be more Trumpy than Trump. So. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like, you know, people keep like hyperventilating about, Ooh, is there a split in the Republican party and the people 
and the McConnells and Lindsey Graham's and are going to take it back over. And no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. If they may occasionally make a statement like this, but they're never going to do jack about it. They've shown their unwillingness to actually do anything about it over sure. and over and over again for the last five years. And so, and if they ever tried, they'd be marginalized and they'd be chucked out of there just like Cheney and Kinzinger are, you know? Look, McConnell so- is like thrilled. His plan worked. He's got the Supreme Court by the balls. He did what he wanted, and he, he he on the backs of these guys. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Yep. Now he, he knows he would that like his that. legacy endures even when these guys all go away. Like right now, now he'd still like to get his majority back in the Senate, and right. he will. Ne- and and th- what he sees there is that the the best way to get there is sort of to have those kinds of Republicans like Youngkin for governor in Virginia, who right. was able to say just enough Trumpy stuff to keep the MAGA heads in line, yep. right? but to present himself as a normal Republican right. so that the, the marginal Republicans who are sort of like, yeah, we sympathize with, you know, a bunch of Republican policy views. We, 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 we're like, we like You're the all old Republicans, but we, we just, we didn't want Trump anymore, but they can look at Yunkin and say, Oh, but he's okay. And so McConnell knows that's the kind of stuff he needs to go. So he's trying to very carefully navigate just like all these other Republicans are and get somebody who doesn't alienate the MAGA folks, but also might be able to get some of these middle of the line Republicans who defected to Biden back. Um, And, you know, he knows what he's doing. Uh, when he navigates this, but in the end, he's never going to go right up against and say, you know, Trump and your MAGA minions, you're all bad. We don't want you. He can't, he'd be out immediately. Yep. Yep. Out on his ass. Look, okay. Trump, let's be clear. One thing Trump has made them so Trumpy that even when Trump went and you remember when he was like banging for vaccines and he got food? Yep. I mean, that's that's how out of control. Like you said, he unleashed it. Period. Yes. And he can't necessarily control it. But nope. 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 None of these people can. Nope. Uh, and so, you know, these crowds, you know, are are going to do what they're going to do now. And, and, you know, they may have various people may have various successes in, in harnessing this for particular goals over time, but in the end, yeah, I'm afraid they've unleashed something they can't control and it is going to get a lot worse before it gets better because we saw with January 6th, there's a huge group of this that is quite willing to consider violence as the way forward and, you know, if they don't get what they want next time around, they'll, they'll, you know, there might be more. Now, of course, I, I you know, one last thing and then we'll close it up. Um, I heard one, I wish I could remember who said this, uh, some random person I saw on Twitter probably, uh, but they said, basically, at this point, the Democrats' main strategy to keep Donald Trump from stealing the election in 2024 is to do everything they can so that the Republicans can win it fair and square instead. 
<laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, God. Okay. Anyway. Well. Referring to all the chaos and yeah, yeah, legislation yeah. and everything. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I know. Anyway. Anyway. Okay, we are done here. Um, so as usual, if you want to get in touch with us or find out anything else, you know, look at our archive, whatever, you can go to curmudgeons-corner.com. Uh, you'll find our Facebook, our Twitter, our email, our links to subscribe to the podcast, all this kind of stuff. You will also find our, a link to our Patreon uh, where you can uh, donate us a little money to help with the expenses of the show and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we really appreciate your donations. If you talk to us and ask nicely, or if you donate $2 a month or more to our Patreon, we will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, where Yvonne and I and some others are talking and chatting throughout the week and uh, sharing stories and talking about the news and all of that. Um, Yvonne, just real quick, maybe two highlights. Two two highlights from the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack. Two did- quick highlights. One, yeah. one is... That snow is melting into Ukraine, and that that could be a problem for the Russians. We we talked about oh. uh, we, we we talked about how the Russians were trying to wait until the ground was frozen in order to try to launch the offensive, and it seems like the temperatures in the Ukraine are staying too warm, and so. And it's only going to get warmer from here. I mean, we're in February. It seems yes, and so. If if this if this uh, stays this way, the Russians are kind of fucked right now. So good good news. So that's 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 good. Uh, yeah, they could always do it thing. another way. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I did share uh, on the Carbudges course like because we usually talk about stories, but not a, not a comment. I, I I I as I think I have said on the show, I work for Oracle. Okay, Oracle is a you know a large. IT big company. company, very big company, hundred thousand plus employees, forty billion dollars in revenue, and one very rich guy that that basically owns our company. Okay, uh, and so uh, for some reason, some guy owning some small IT company over here is like sending out LinkedIn connections, and he sends me, and I shared a, I shared one of them where you know the guy, hey Ivan, LinkedIn suggests you use a connection, let's connect. Okay, so I go perfect, and I go. Hey, thanks for connecting, Ivan. I'm not sure if you're the right person to talk to, but either way, it's great to connect with you. Maybe you can point me to the right person at your company. For 40 plus years, my company has been busy helping South Florida businesses who were receiving subpar support or dealing with persistent unresolved IT issues. Would you be interested in a free assessment of your IT systems and cloud security options? And I just... I Really? You know, I, yep. I haven't gotten any lately. Maybe they're all just getting filtered as spam at this point. I I used to get those for my company all, uh, all the time as well. And, you know, I'm at a large e-commerce company listen. based in Seattle that you might know. Of. Uh, and listen, I would, I would get, I would, listen, listen, I would get calls. I would get calls on my voicemail from people saying, please call me back. We want to talk to you about whether our help desk solution would be a good solution for your company. Oh, like that. Oh my God, Jesus. And I'm, I'm like, like really? look, I, 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 I make, you know, now there, I, I will say this, there is a difference between like, say, Hey, I'm trying to find the right guy that buys this stuff at your company. Okay. And something mm-hmm. that we may want to buy. Okay. All right. Because it's possible. Like I got those while I was at, uh, 
my previous employer at Kodak, where it was like a little bit different. They were like looking, hey, I know you're a VP of this. Could you tell me who, you know, the whatever? And I'm like, most of those I ignored. But okay, this guy doesn't even know what company he is like sending this to and what, I mean, I mean, those guys at least, hey, yes, maybe uh, maybe your employer would like this. I was said, your employer would like to buy that service, right? It's possible. But what what the hell are they trying to sell us that <laughs> stupid? What, what kind of a fucking moron is this? But anyway, that's Any- the kind of shit that we share on our Slack. There you go. And, uh, and we're apparently doing the Wordle thing there, too, but we made a separate channel for it. We have a world Wordle channel. Yes, because you know, because it's really annoying flooding the other parts of things. No, but that's good. So we, we have a Wordle channel. So there we have you a Wordle channel now, and, yeah, and so well, now like I cool. have my family chat with my own family, with my mother, my daughter, my son, my wife is nothing but Wordle throughout most of the day, and now we've got a channel on the Commudgeons Corner Slack for that too. Um, right. I don't see it. I don't see it as much on Twitter as I used to. I think it's sort of dying down there. I, you know, I'd mentioned you know, the New York Times bought them, um, and I'd mentioned before the half life for this kind of viral game tends to only be a month or two anyway, and then every it peters out. So we'll see. Well, I think that you could take this game and evolve it a little bit and do some stuff. I think that yeah, yeah. I, I, there, there are all kinds of imitations on it too. Like I have not tried them, but like for instance, I. There's one that I keep seeing where instead of guessing a word, it's guess a mathematical equation. Oh, that's that's you. You have like numbers and pluses and minuses and divides and multiplies uh, and equals, and you have that, to make one that you. works. I, I don't, you know. and, and it's long instead of like five, I, I, it's like I, twelve long or something. I, I did make a comment that some people were talking about, you know, like, hey, maybe I'll, you know, I'll be so happy when I guess the guess it on the first word. I think I'm talking about Bob. Not, listen, guys, we get, get guessing at the first word is like it's just, you know, I, it's like you, you, you. It's like my Dow prediction. <laughs> Nothing but dumb luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there are other clones out there that let you do like as many as you want instead of one per day or different length words. There are all kinds of clones out there now. Uh, but the original is still the best and the most fun that everybody's still doing. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if you too want to share your Wordle scores, uh, join our Commudgeon Score Slack. Wordle. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we're done. Okay, that's it. Hey, everybody, uh, thanks again for joining us and have a safe week have a good week and we'll talk to you again next week goodbye bye-bye Okay, I'm going to hang up now. Thanks, Yvonne. Earth! Earth! Okay, hanging up now! Earth!